Amen. I'm thankful to be here tonight. And yes, I am congested a little bit. It uh, hit me about two days ago again. This is, I guess, round two for me. I don't know how many rounds it is for y'all, but uh, <coughs> I'm so thankful to be here tonight in this church. Uh, I count it such a honor and privilege to be standing up here behind this pulpit. Um, I want to say thank you to Brother Jacob and Sister Carolyn for allowing me to be here tonight. Um, this church is... Uh, Stuck by my side through everything I've been through, and I, uh, the only thing I know to say is thank you for what you've done. Um, my last report I had, and I know I'm, I'm don't worry, I'm going to get to my message. The last report I had from my doctor, uh, the tumor, it looks like it may have grown just a tiny bit, centimeter-wise. Uh, had a little bit of swelling in my brain, but um, I thank God I'm still here. Like I said, I thank him every morning for another day of breath, and I thank him for it. Amen. But uh, I'm going to be reading, uh, I got two portions of scripture tonight. I'm going to be reading out of Psalms 34, verse 20. If you want to stand for the reading of the word. And then my second one's going to be John 19, 36. If you have it, say amen. Psalms 34, 20 says, He keepeth all his bones... Not a one of them is broken. Now if you can flip over to John nineteen thirty six, That text from Psalms was uh, from David. That was in the Old Testament. John's in the New Testament. Just want to lay that down. In John nineteen thirty six, he says, For these things were done that the scripture should be fulfilled. A bone of him shall not be broken. I don't know about you tonight, but that 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 scripture there it, it says a lot about a man that went through crucifixion. That is a very painful death. Brother Jacob, would you mind praying over the service tonight? Amen. You may be seated. When one reads of the account of a crucifixion, you would agree with me that it is a painful death. This is why Rome chose the crucifixion for the state's method. For execution, it was a slow and painful and lingering death. This was some of the pain the victim would go through when they were crucified. Dizziness, cramps, thirst, starvation, sleeplessness, Traumatic fever, shame, long continuous torment, horror of anticipation. I mean, I could go on and on with this list. Like I said, that would be a very painful way to die nowadays. And this is where our text comes in right here. The Jews, therefore, because it was the preparation that the bodies should not be or remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day. For the Sabbath day was a high day and they besought Pilate that their legs might be broken when they came to my Jesus his legs weren't broken he was already dead he said he said on the cross he said it is finished 
And we said, it is finished. He, he had passed right then, I think. The ceremonial part of the law was more important to them than the moral part of the law. They were so religious, and that's how most people are in churches today. People are religious, but they don't live religion. The word breaks. The word break means to shatter in pieces. Can I get that, uh, Aaron? Brother Aaron, do you have that picture of that? I'm not trying to scare anybody. A picture of that skeleton. If you look at the skeleton here, and you can't really see his hands and feet much, you can see his feet more. There is a lot. There is 206 bones in the body of a human body. For them to pierce the hands and feet of my Jesus, that is something very traumatizing to me, very painful. My dad was telling me the other day, he said he read a documentary where they said, uh, or not a documentary, but a book or something. They said when they beat Jesus with the cat of nine tails, you could see his insides. That is a very gruesome death. It's a very painful death. The legs were used on the body to raise it up so they could breathe when they were on the cross. The theory is would be so much blood loss, the infection would set in so the blood could not fight the infection, so the lungs would struggle to breathe. Notice what happens when we come to Jesus. He was already dead. So the soldier that pierced his side, what does it say to us? It tells us that the torture and the horrific pain his body went through, we could not explain in detail what Jesus went through. Just like the man that they gathered out of the crowd to carry the cross for him. I believe that man was saved when he touched the blood of Jesus. However you touch the blood of Jesus, that's all you got to do tonight is touch his blood and you'll be saved. I don't believe we quite understand this, but it's recorded different times when the blood of Jesus was shed involuntarily by man. Circumcised of the cat of nine tails, thorns, nails in the hands, and in the feet, and he was speared in his side. The physical body of Jesus was lacerated by man for the blood to flow, and he felt the physical pain in that no doubt there was some of, of agony, agony soul in this. This blood being shed in the, in the garden was voluntary. There was no sharp objects applied to the body for it to flow. It was the agony of the soul that caused his blood to flow. When he was in that garden praying, it said he, his, his, his sweat became great drops of blood. Whatever that blood touched, like I said, it saves, it heals, it does anything you need it to do. No wonder his sweat was those great drops of blood. He knew what was fixing to happen to him in that garden. Can I get a piano player tonight, please? When in this scripture, prophecy is being fulfilled. David said in Psalms 19, a bone of him shall not be broke. And then John comes back in his scripture and says, a bone of him will not be broke. I don't know how you take that scripture, but to me that ministers to my heart. In Exodus 12, 46 it says, in one house shall it be eaten. Thou shalt not carry forth all of the flesh 
abroad out of the out of the house, neither shall ye break a bone thereof. In Numbers nine twelve it says, They shall leave none of it unto the morning, nor break any bone of it according to all the ordinances of the Passover. They shall keep it. And I don't know how you feel about this, but I, I want his whole body. I don't want broken pieces. If you need healing in your body, right here up front is where you need to be. If you need saving in your body, up here up front is where you need to be. Hallelujah. It also tells us in Matthew 5.18, and this is Jesus talking. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one little shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Not one word will fail in this Bible. He was God robed 12 years old in the body of 15 and 16 as well. Thinking how cruel the crucifixion was, I could tell you everything they did to him that didn't touch his bones. You can stand with me tonight if you'd like. If he keeps his bones, he will keep you. And Psalms 121.4 says, Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. He will keep you and his church. He keepeth his bones. The crucifixion tore his flesh, ripped his muscles, severed his nerves, and blood vessels, but it didn't touch a bone in his body. His bones were not broken, but he has the scars to prove that he was pierced, crucified, whipped. I believe that when we get to heaven, if the rapture was to take place right now, and we walk up to heaven and we see him, I feel like he's going to be standing up before God with his hands out just like this. And you're going to see those nail marks in his hands and in his feet saying, I did this for you. There was a, um, I may have told this story here before, I'm not sure. My memory is pretty bad sometimes. But uh, there was a, a little boy and his mom, uh, I don't, I'm not sure where they lived at. I, I think it was Florida, but I'm not sure. Uh, they had a pond in their backyard while the mom was making supper. They ate supper and everything. And the little boy begged his mom, said, Mom, can I go swimming in the pond? And the mom was like, yeah, you can go ahead and go swimming. I'll watch you from the window while I wash the dishes. And the little boy went and jumped in that pond and started swimming. Well, that mom went to that window. She started cleaning the dishes. And she looked out in the back of that pond. She saw something dive in there. It was an alligator. That mom threw the dishes down and she ran outside. She said, come back, come back. There's an alligator coming for you. That little boy turned and looked and saw that alligator swimming towards him real fast. He started swimming towards his mom. The mom got to the shore and the little boy got to the shore. But as soon as that little boy reached up for his mom's hands, that alligator grabbed his legs and the tug of war began. That fight went on for about 15 minutes. That little boy, I'm not sure how old he was, 
he, uh, he was, I mean, you could imagine the pain he was in from being in a fight with an alligator. But after 15 minutes, that alligator gave up and said, I'm not going to get this kid. I, I don't, I'm just wasting time here. The mom pulled him out and his legs were mangled. He was hurt. He goes to the hospital. A man, a man, I think a man showed up and called the police and everything, an ambulance. And a man, I think, shot the alligator and killed it. The little boy went to the hospital and a surgeon came out and said, I don't know if I'm going to be able to save his legs, but I'm going to try. After eight hours of being in surgery, that, that surgeon came back out and said, I think we were able to save his legs. And so that little boy, he's, uh, they keep him in the hospital for a little while. It's normal. A lady comes in and says, hey, I'd like to interview you about what happened. And uh, she asked the mom, said, is that all right? And the mom said, yeah, that's fine. So she asked the little boy, she said, so what happened? The little boy told her what all happened. And the lady asked, by this time that lady's in tears. That lady asked, said, do you mind if I see the scars on your legs? And he said, no, I don't mind. He pulls his hospital gown up. And that little boy has scars all the way around his legs. And she's bawling her eyes out as she starts to leave the room. She turns around and walks off. And he says, hold on one second. I got more than that. He rolled his arm sleeves up and he had scars all the way around his arms. And she said, what's that from? And he said, that's from my mama wouldn't let me go. That's what Jesus wants to do to you. He's not going to let you go to the devil just like that. He wants to save you. There's a lot more I could, I could have talked about in this message. I just... There's somebody here that needs help tonight. That I feel in my spirit. I don't know who it is. I... I I, uh, last night I didn't get much sleep. I think I, I woke up about, or I was already up, but I think I took two melatonin at like four this morning. I, I mean, I couldn't sleep at all. And, uh, I don't know if God was trying to tell me something or, you know, what was going on. But I want your head bowed and your eyes closed for a second. If you say, hey, I need help. I got physical needs, mental needs. Whatever it may be, I, I don't know. I want you to raise your hand right now. I see that hand. I know there's more than one in here. I see that hand. you raise your hand, I want you to come down to the altar so we can lay hands on you. And those that want to, you can come pray as well. I was rich I remember who I was I was lost I was blind, I was run. 